Okay, everyone, welcome to the first uh, Omniversal Ask Me Anything. Uh, we're joined here, of course, by Inverted Silence. Do you want to introduce yourself at all? Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's up? I'm Inverted Silence. Um, I make jazzy bass music and also the Life Enhancement Suite. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, great. So, yeah, Live Enhancement Suite, by the way, for anybody who hasn't used it, it's really sick. It's like a selection of software tools um, and scripts that you can use for Ableton, and it just makes working in Ableton, like, infinitely nicer. Uh, everybody check that shit out if you use Ableton. But yeah, let's Hell get started yeah. on the questions. So, uh, I've categorized these into sort of three different sections, so I can kind of switch between your sort of fun questions, your personal questions, and your, like, production questions, so we should have a good mix throughout. All right. Um, so let's start off with, you know, a little lighthearted one. Uh, I don't know how much you're into this, but uh, this is from Alpha Swine. Uh, what's your favorite Disney princess? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I had a feeling that this one was going to be in here. Oh, God. Okay. I, ha I actually had to do a bit of research for it. I saw it in the list <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, that's such... So I'm not a huge Disney watcher. Uh -huh. I, I did used to watch the animated movies as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember, like, outside of the Bambi movie, which doesn't contain any princesses, Aladdin was my favorite. So I'm really inclined to say yes, mine, but I don't remember her having a particularly big role. So I think I'll go with Rapunzel, because I remember her being really sassy in the remake, and generally sass is a good thing. That's also why I liked Aladdin. So yeah, fair enough. I'll go with that. <laughs> fair enough. Cool. <laughs> um, and we got one from Aiko. Do you I like I like this question. Do you like solid color clothes or clothes with designs on them? Um so clothing uh, there's a bit of a duality for me because one side of me wants to like wear classy clothing because it looks really good. Mm -hmm. Um but another side of me wants to just like go full DJ and only we wear merch. So <laughs> it's one or, or the other for me. Um I like it when uh, if there's a like a pattern or like a design, I like it when it's not just a logo or uh, like there needs to be something more to it, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. Uh, the inspected merch is really good and like yeah, um, the is, new yeah. Monster Cat stuff looks really good on people, I think. So, yeah. yeah. They seem to have the best merch, like inspected and Monster Cat and like no one else yeah. really seems to <laughs> Bitbird. be. Bitbird. Bitbird. Bitbird, that's true. That's, that's a good yeah. point. Yep. Okay, here we go. So, production side... Uh, we've got Neo. I can maybe guess this, um, but what's your sort of preferred DAW then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really up in the air. Um, my preferred DAW is Ableton Live. At least it is nowadays. Um, for the first, I don't know, something, whatever years that I produced, I used FL Studio. Um, so I guess to make this a bit more interesting, I guess I can go into why I ended up switching. Yeah, sure. Well, I was um, also going to ask the flip side, but we can start with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, FL Studio was really nice. Like I like the, the piano roll features and also it's super accessible. So when you start out, it's like, oh yeah, you know, um, some, for some reason it, it feels more approachable than Ableton did, um, uh, when I, when I started out at least. Yep. Yeah, I get that. So, uh, something that really like annoyed me in FL was, um, all the, like after a while, everything gets really cluttery. Yep. Um, yeah, sure does. There's three different <laughs> menus for everything. Yep. And 
I would make these like you know I make jazzy bass music, so I would have like samples and like you know my basses would have a ton of automation clips, and then I would want to use a real instrument, and then I would have a ton of automation clips for that too, and it just got super messy. And another thing is, um, at the time I was really into bass design, and a lot of my friends that were doing bass design, they were using Ableton Live like stock plugins. Yep. Um, because the Ableton Live stock plugins they are really janky and there's a bunch of stuff you can do with them that <laughs> yep. just yields results that are unexpected and sound really cool. And I spent a ton of time trying to remake those effects, like those broken like plugin effects in Patcher. And then at some point I just gave in and I switched. Yeah, you're not doing that. <laughs> not in fucking Patcher. <laughs> unless you're seamless. Uh, oh, Seamless's like self-made vocoder was cool. I like yeah. that one. Mm. But um, yeah, no, I I feel you on the whole Ableton, and Ableton has OTT built in, so like it has to be the best, <laughs> yeah, DAW, right. So yeah, I guess yeah, the you... flip side question I would ask is, what's one DAW that you absolutely do not like working in? Uh, Logic. Logic. Really I do not why? like working in Logic, and that's mostly because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Um, <laughs> so as I mentioned earlier, I go to music uni and there are a bunch of people there who have Macs. So because of that, they use, um, uh, logic because yep. it's like a pretty logical choice. <laughs> um, Good. <laughs> Good one. Uh, and then, you know, usually, um, they run into some one thing or another, or they want to like get a VSD working and they, they <laughs> sometimes ask yep. me and I'm like, oh my God, what? <laughs> or like how do you how do you route side chaining in the mixer? Sorry, where's the audio unit version of this VAC, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or like side chaining in logic is like you have to like use like if you want to do MIDI triggered side chaining, you have to I I think you have to like use an external application to like MIDI route. It's oh, like what? not in the DAW. <laughs> like it's super complicated to do MIDI triggered side chaining. And Ooh. I also heard from Direct, um, he he makes uh, his music in Logic, that's like his main yeah. DAW, um, and we were talking a bit around the time that we were working on LES, and he told me that he has this plugin to like fix like latency compensation problems in Logic, mm -hmm. so knowing that, I'm just never touching it. <laughs> <laughs> if I can avoid Logic, I'll, I will definitely like not use it. Um, oh yeah, latency problems was another reason I switched from FL. Um, at the time, FL12 was the latest version, and it didn't have good PDC, so that also drove me nuts. Oh god, um, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I can understand that Logic is a pretty sick doll. It has alchemy, first of all, and like... Yes, alchemy is really sick. <laughs> really sick face distortion plugin, and there's also this reverb called Chroma Verb, and mm. it just looks so cool. Um, but no, everything else, no, I'm good. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I get you, yeah. Um, cool. So, we got one from Solaroy here. Uh, what's your favorite key to write in? Um, well, my favorite key is either C or D minor. Okay. Um, I, I play the piano a lot, and I'm also... So, the reason I like D minor is because it only has one flat, so it's just B flat. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's pretty cool if you're on a piano, and for some reason... Um, when I improvise chords, I tend to really like playing the like the B flat major seven chord, which is just a really nice jazz chord. The chord. Yeah. Uh, and it fits in B minor. 
So like that's the one flat in this in the key, and then everything else is just white notes. So that's kind of how that happened. Yeah, so fair. I I write a you lot have the of the one D-minor. jazz note, the black note, yeah, is the jazz the, the note. Jazz note. <laughs> um, yeah, and then C oh, minor is like um, it, uh, it, I f- when I think about music theory, um, I I tend to uh, like mentally visualize things in C. So if yeah. I'm trying some new like jazz thing, I tend to do it in C minor. Um, because I like minor, but I also like C is easy for my for my brain. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, I guess a follow up question is how do you if you're writing stuff in C and D, how do you generally mix your sub bass in with that? Oh, um, well, if I write music in C, I tend to uh, transpose it to a different key afterwards. Oh, so you'll write in C and then transpose. Mm, in D minor, I just do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, like D is not really a problem. I think C is too low. Yeah. So I tend to avoid that. Or another way around it is uh, to start on the four. So then it's like F Dorian. I think. Okay. No. Yeah. 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 Yes. One of the modes. Yep. Yes. F Dorian. Um, and then that's pretty manageable. As we all know, F is a nice bass key. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I do the same. I always, I always write in C, and I just like, okay, time to shift, or I'll write in E minor, and then I'll shift it up. Um, yep. But ready. Um, cool. This one's from AU. Um, what song, either by you or by someone else, has the most emotional detachment to you, and why? Um, yeah. So this question actually had my had me grinding my gears for a while. <laughs> um. Because there's a lot of music that I'm super passionate about. I'm, you know, it's one of the the main like driving forces in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, to prevent this from becoming like a my favorite songs of all time list, which it still kind of is, but also <laughs> not. Um, so I think I'll answer this like what what songs trigger the biggest emotional response in me? Like there are a lot, there are a lot of songs that I value, but. There are if, like only a few that make me very emotional, mm-hmm. um, and I, I I think the number one song has to be "Daydreaming" by Radiohead, um, okay, from the Moon Shaped Pool album. Yeah, the newest um, one. Yeah, um, it it has a bit of a story, but at the time I was I was having it really rough um, because I would have to like bike a lot to go to school. Um, like about 16 kilometers there and then 16 kilometers back. So that was like two hours of biking every day. And because high school starts early, I also had sleeping shortage because I had to spend all that time riding the bike. Um, So I was having a pretty rough time mentally uh, at the time. And then my dad gifted me that album. And then on a day when I was having a really like rough day, I listened to that album and then... um, daydreaming came on and i just cried (laughs) on my bike (laughs) i was riding the bike you know through like grassy fields and stuff and yeah that song it got me um pretty good so every time if i listen to it i just think back to those times and it's yeah fair enough Uh, yeah and then another one this is going to be a pretty long answer but i'll (laughs) I'll just keep going (laughs) another one is is uh tomorrow from kevin penkin I just okay. think it's an absolutely beautiful piece. It's from the anime Made in Abyss. Okay. Um, if you if you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But um, there's a um, the scene it uh, where it plays. Everything just comes together in such a beautiful way. It's really climactic, and 
what I really like about Kevin Penkin's music in general is he, he writes like OSC music, right? Okay. And, um, it's like kind of orchestral. Uh, it has Radiohead vibes a little bit, but what he does is like he lets the orchestra play out of tune to achieve uh, like certain effects, and it's so beautiful. Huh. Huh. Um, like you'll I've never be listening to this to this one thing, and then everybody just starts playing the wrong notes, and then it just comes back together, and it's like really sick. Nice. I, I love that. I gotta check um, that out. What's how do you spell um, his name? Uh, Kevin Penkin. It's like K E V I N yep. and then P E N K I N. K I N. And then the song is called Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Um, it's like made to fit with an animated scene. So if you just listen to it as a song, it's a bit weird, but okay, um, sure. Um, yeah, it's still good. Um, uh, so generally speaking, uh. Like I have a lot of different songs that remind me of periods in my life because I I tend to listen to something that comes out on repeat and then I get tired of it and I look for new music basically. Um, so some honorable mentions here are um, like Twofold Part One by Haywire. Oh, I love that album <laughs> so much. It's a phenomenal album. Um, it really, yeah. I don't I don't even like. It doesn't matter what I say. It it won't do it justice. But like. Twofold Part Two is also really good, but when Twofold Part One came out, I was not a very good producer, and then I was listening to that, and I was like, "Wow, this is so story-like and diverse and complex." I yeah, uh, I really like that. And I... then <laughs> Night Owl stuff and Ujiko's music, like Snill's House, is also like a hallmark. For yeah, me. a lot of that's great. I, Twofold Part One's my personal favorite album, so one hundred percent. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely adore that album. Um, righty. So from there, let's move on to a uh, sort of more lighthearted one. Let's go for, um, let's see, uh, from Foley. I like this. Please go in depth about your Minecraft experiences. <laughs> uh, he knows. He knows. Um, yeah. So before I produced, I aspire to become a Minecraft content creator as many other people probably have. Oh god, um, okay. And uh at the time I was making this ginormous server like basically um similar to what like Hypixel or Mindplex is known for nowadays. Yeah. Um I was like gathering mini games and I was building maps and arenas. Um I had a lot of free time so I, <laughs> I spent <laughs> a lot of free time making that uh and at, at some point it got like finished to the point where you know it was really big and it could probably house like 50 people um but i couldn't like afford a hosting server so i didn't do it um so that kind of faded away after a while and then i got into music and then uh, after a bit i dropped the hard disk containing all the server contents so oh, i lost shit. everything <laughs> uh it was all gone Jeez. including in a song actually i lost like an old song of mine and all my Minecraft server stuff. Um, Jesus. Uh, at, at a time, I was doing basically what Discord is now on Skype. So I got used to talking to people online through that. I should mention that. Uh -huh. um, and this summer, I actually found that hard disk again and I sent it in for data recovery. So now I have all those maps back. So that's oh, pretty sick. Cool. <laughs> um, I'm surprised I, it's still on it after all this time. Yeah, yeah, I was afraid that it would data rot. I was like, if I don't 
send it into data recovery now, I might never get it back. Um, so I did. Uh, it's on my bucket list to like reconstruct it one day, but I don't have time right now. Fair enough. I um I once built I once built a calculator in Minecraft, like a redstone one. What uh, on the really? server? On the server. That server does not exist anymore. <laughs> oh. So I've lost probably I think that was like a solid like two weeks straight of work on that calculator. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Uh but yeah, no, geez. It's a good thing you got the data back though. Righty, so uh, this is a question from myself, and this is quite a uh, quite relevant, I guess, to how I've shifted in music production. But here we go. It's a uh, phase plant or serum. Um. Okay. So for me, serum definitely. Serum. I had to pick one of the two. Um, and you know, you know me. I'm the workflow guy. Mm-hmm. Um. So the one, like, I really like phase plant. I think phase plant is really, like, a really phenomenal synth. I I actually own it. Yeah, but me too. Practice, <laughs> which is which I, really weird. I don't, I don't find myself using it a lot. Um, like barely. I, I think I've only made one face plan sound since huh. this inf came out. Um, and the reason for that is when I'm making a sound in face plan, uh, you first have to like set up the oscillators and the routing and stuff. And it kind of reminds me of like how um, I didn't like doing post processing in FL. Because uh, you have to like link it to a mixer track and then do it in there. Yeah. Um, and most of my sound design workflow is like I make a really simple sound and then I go into post processing right away. And then I just like you have a like a chorus, but then you probably also own a VST chorus that's better than the chorus in Serum. So then you should use that one instead. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how I work. So then. That very quickly made me shift away from face plan again because I realized that that already kind of does the same thing. I suppose if I want to do like polyphonic effects, like a polyphonic comb filter or something like that, there's mm-hmm. some really cool stuff you could do with yeah, that. I would use face plant. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't reach out for it simply because of workflow. Huh. So I'm the complete opposite. I use Serum, you know, completely. That's all I ever used until faceplant came out and since then i don't know i've just i hardly ever touched serum and i'm not sure if that's because i actually own it versus serum which i um acquired (laughs) through other means um but yeah i mean i get what you're saying though i mean certainly i can imagine for like uh, a more post uh, production heavy workflow serum you know it's so easy right just you know it's it's up you've got your patches you don't have to mess around with rooting crap and all that yeah um if if I were to use Faceplan, I would set up templates like Nasco. Oh does. yeah, yeah, yeah. Templates for different sounds. If I do that, I will probably use it more. There's there's one more thing I want to bring up about Faceplan be- sure. before we go to the next question. Um, so when I initially got into it, um, Direct told me that there's a like with the modular design in Faceplan, it's actually really difficult to do uh like in uh, like sample synchronization. So that's why you can't do like face sync in face plan. Oh, really? I didn't know that. It's because of the way the synth is programmed. Yeah. Um, and that has some ramifications. For example, if you want to do um, like kicks or snares in face plan, then they're going to be different every time you hit a note because the phase is oh, different. Oh, shit. <laughs> Especially, and I, I've, I don't think it's 
with just the oscillators, but if you use the LFOs or the envelopes, those don't trigger like at a sample rate rate while the sound does. So oh. that's why you get different phases. And I have this one picture. I'll look for it after the AMA, but you can see like it's just like a kick and then the kick is different every time. Wow. So Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. That's weird. I wonder if they'll um work on that at all, but we'll see. But yeah, Na- you were saying about Nasco. I was watching Dylan Tallchief's uh video with Nasco. Um and yeah, he just does some nuts things in phase plant. So Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, definitely check out Nasco, uh everybody if you want to learn more about phase plant. Um But uh righty, let me move on. Let's see, what should I ask next? Um cha-cha-cha. Uh here we go. This is from Junski. Uh June Sky, however you want to pronounce it. Uh what songs oh, or yeah. artists have inspired you the most when making music? Um uh a lot of different things. Um, uh, Kevin Penkin, obviously. Yep. I mentioned him in a previous question. I also really like now. Now that we're talking about OSTs, like I listen to a lot of game and anime OSTs. Uh huh. Um, so that also includes the Persona Five soundtrack. Oh, it's uh, so good. Others. I also really like Jake Kaufman's work. Uh, he did the music for Shovel Knight and Shantae. Yep. Um, fucking phenomenal soundtracks. Really amazing. Um. And I also really like um, J-Rock. Uh, I got into J-Rock through Myth and Roid. They do like anime OPs. Okay. Uh, but nowadays, I really like um, Mafu Mafu. Mafu and Mafu. also this like really unknown band called Elfenson. Um, okay. Electronic music, Mamu Dofu, Zek. Um, disco, I like Cassiopeia, 1979. That's also a really good album. And then, of course, Haywire has to be in here. Yep. Um, old Koan sound and old Virtual Riot. Mm, old sure. Virtual Riot, interesting. Um, yeah, I'm not really too big on the rhythm stuff. Fair. Unfortunately. Fair enough. Wish, wish I wash, was. I like it live, but when I'm listening to music, not really. Fair enough. Um, um, yeah, Koan sound is a bit of a complicated story. Um, yeah, explain because I, like, I, I, someone, I, I absolutely adored their latest EP and album, so I'm interested. I like, I like Cohen Sound's new stuff a lot, but for some reason, the old music has like a sentimental value to it. My yeah. favorite Cohen Sound tracks are the, the, um, the November collabs mm-hmm. because th- those were like a story. I, I once told someone like this is the closest that electronic music gets to classical music in a way. Yeah. Um, and their new music doesn't really do that for me as much, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. It's more like a sort of jazz EDM sort of like it almost feels more like jazz than EDM. But um, yeah, yeah, I think there's cool, there's cool. there's like a there's a certain like sentimentality. It's like of that era, you know, and a lot of it holds up today. Like mm-hmm. you listen to like um, Max Out, which is like from 2011 and it sounds like it could have been released yesterday. Um, yep, which is amazing for uh, yep. for, for 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 an artist. Um, righty, this is from Two Boat. I really like this question. This is a great question. What is the oh. weirdest song you like, but you can't even share it with your friends because they think you are crazy? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't. I don't actually know. I, I guess all of it. <laughs> if, if that makes sense. Um, when or. Recently, I had a friend over, 
and I was like, yeah, I'll just play some music. And then I realized in my playlist, I had a mixture of like metal and game music and orchestral <laughs> music. And then you hit it's like on shuffle and you hit next and now it's a rhythm tune and shit. Um, so that's always a bit of a problem for me. Um, so I don't really like know one song in particular, but I think out of all the music I listen to, um, I know the least people that are really into like the really big, like huge J rock stuff. Like the J metal. Yeah, fair. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Oh, I want to say as well for that last question, um, not not the weird one, but the one before. Um, Junski, the person who asked, uh, is the like server Persona 5 fanboy. So, uh, <laughs> that, was a good, that was a good answer for him. <laughs> um, nice. Righty. Um, let's see. I actually can't play the Royal when it comes out because I don't have a PS4. Oh, shit. I don't either. I want to play Persona 5, but I just, I can't. I don't have a PS3 or 4. Okay, here we go. From StormWabZ, the server owner. It is pronounced that way. Um, Okay. (laughs) What was the weirdest (laughs) thing? What was the weirdest thing you did to create a sound or sample or want to try doing in the future? This is a good question. Um, The weirdest thing. Um, So... Uh, last year, like I guess exactly one year ago, I was working on a sample pack for Origin Sound, which was unfortunately rejected at the very last moment. So oh, I actually have geez. a finished sample pack. Um, and they asked me to make a sample pack with like OST esque like jazz piano arrangements. Um, and I use physical modeling to make the pack. Oh, but then it turned out that those physical modeling. Uh, software I thought okay well it's a synth right just like serum so you can yeah. sample it um, but apparently they have things in the EULA and also like special setups with splice that don't allow people to use those so don't oh, make the shit. same mistake I did <laughs> so then I had a sample pack sorry sorry for... sorry can you explain uh, physical modeling real quick just for people listening who might not know okay yeah so physical modeling is like um, a type of synthesis where um, the sound is generated using, like, I guess, if you know how, like, impulse response reverb works, like IR, like it's um, kind of like that. Like, they go, I- IR reverb is like you go into a room, and then you shoot, like, a, a pop or, like, a laser, and then you record the way that laser bounces around in the room, mm. and then you can make a sample out of that, and then uh, use that sample to figure out how stuff would reverberate in that room. Like so convolution can... reverb. In a yeah, 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 convolution yeah. reverb. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. And then physical modeling is kind of like that, but it's mathematical, so they don't like shoot like a pop inside of an instrument. Um, <laughs> they try to like make a mathematical resonance model of how an instrument works. And then you can build a synth that sounds exactly like the real deal. Wow, And okay. the reason that's cool is because... Um, like unlike contact libraries, physical modeling simulations take up like no space. It's like super small because you don't need a sample for every sound. Um, and it also allows for an infinite amount, like an infinitely high expression resolution. Like if you yeah. sample an instrument, then you're going to have like a sample for hitting a note quietly and then a little louder and then a little louder. So let's say you get a really expensive contact piano, then it's going to have like five or six different layers of like velocity recorded. Yep. Um, and then um, 
to like simplify it a bit and imagine if you had a physical modeling piano then it would be like a synth so then you would have an infinite amount of different velocity levels like true sound i suppose yeah okay so it's a really cool technology um but But yeah but then your projects don't take five hours to load it loads all your contact samples so what's the point right yeah it's actually really cool i think i think physical modeling is the future um when it comes to instrument simulation Um, yeah because the only trade-off is is that it's more cpu demanding but like who cares the sample streaming is the real problem yeah um so yeah fair enough um anyway to continue my story i thought all right so these instruments are synths right so i can use them in my pack so it turned out I couldn't do that. Oh. <laughs> and then I had like a full sample pack. It's like 1.2 gigabytes um, with arrangements using instruments that I couldn't use. And I was like, all right, well, then I'll just make it like electronic-esque. Mm-hmm. So I had like a solo violin uh, in it and I needed to like replicate the violin somehow. So I was like, I'll build a lead. And then I spent a bunch of time building a lead that works. And I was like, hmm, well this isn't really going anywhere so i spent some more time and then hey this is kind of starting to sound like a violin (laughs) (laughs) i was was making this lead patch and it it started to sound like a solo violin and uh i kept going and then in the end i actually had like a patch with post-processing that sounded like a real violin um so i filled up the pack with like my own custom synth violin uh so this is the answer to your question what is the weirdest thing that I stumbled across? Well, it's flangers. Um, the violin sound came from resonating a flanger uh, like in a specific way, depending on the notes I was playing. So I would write like a MIDI line, and then I would change the flanger depth depending on the note I was playing. And then there's like a certain sweet spot where it sounds like a violin. Uh, or you can do that to make anything sound string-like. You should try play around with that because flangers huh. are like yeah, really amazing. Look at that. Um, and then uh, I also had like you know like pitch legato, right? Mm-hmm. So then if you like delay the flanger a bit, then it like you can do so much like realism with that. Um, that was that was how I did that. So that's my big thing. And also. Um, I suppose if you want to do like a old game console sampley sound, um, then make a sound an octave up and then resample it and then pitch it down an octave and then it's going to sound like that. Okay, fair enough. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, righty. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. uh okay. This is a good one from Hanabai. And sort of vapor, I've sort of combined the two. Um, if you are banned forever from making the jazzy bass music you make at the moment, what kind of music might you be making instead? Are there any other genres that interest you? And from vapor, what sort of music do you listen to when you're not producing? I'm, you've sort of touched on that, um, but I guess the idea of like, what would you actually produce if you weren't making jazzy bass would be something that's quite interesting. Mm. Well, so I kind of dabble in like OST stuff because I listen to it a lot. Um, I'm by no means an expert at it, but I feel like if I if I couldn't do electronic music, um, I would definitely write soundtracks um, okay. and like orchestral stuff. So like um, or- definitely orchestral or like 
Is it more like yeah. an electronic fusion or orchestral maybe, or would it purely be like... Um, I don't think I would do it in a very traditional way, because... Oh, one sec. Oh, sure thing. Alright, I'm back. Hi. Um, uh, I'm really sidetracked. What? <laughs> You're talking about um, um, OST production, and not traditional oh, right. way. Yep. Yeah, so I would do that. Um, and yeah, I would I would mix in like electronic elements, like um, the like the soundtracks that movie people are talking about right yeah. now, like um, the, the soundtrack for the Mandalorian. Yeah, I was right? about to say the Mandalorian. Is, yeah, with the virtual riot always, sample. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> I heard about that. Yep. Um, but you know, Star Wars music is always like super like bog standard orchestral like film music to me, and I really like how in the Mandalorian there's like influences from like so many different genres of music. Um, so if I were to do film music, I would really do that. That's what I like about film music. Fair enough. Nice. Okay. Um, righty. Let's see. So this is from Fighter. What's the story behind your alias? Where does the name Inverted Silence come from? Um, okay. So I, uh, I came up with the name before I started making music. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and originally the plan was that I was going to make a ton of rhythm bangers. Nice. Um, which n that kind of ended up not happening as much. <laughs> um, but um, so the idea behind my name, um, inverted silence, is like it's like quiet and loud at the same time. Like inverted silence, it's like the opposite of silence. So loudness. But yep. if you look at it in a literal way, then it's. Um, like super it's still silent because you know like if you phase invert silence you get silence so it's nothing <laughs> um and i i picked the name well first of all because it sounds cool and also because then that would be like the drop right it's like the 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 Inverse big contrast silence, between yeah. the quiet section and the loud <laughs> section kind of um yeah so it's it, it still kind of works because um, it denotes the contrast between, you know, like the the large stuff and like the small intricate details uh, in my music. So that that's what it stands yeah. for. Fair enough. Cool. Um, righty. So um, this is sort of one for me, uh, which I've I've sort of combined to. Um, one, because I heard you mention you were talking about anime earlier, so let's jump on that because Illusion will uh, be enthralled by that. But let, what are your anime and video game recommendations, if you have any? Uh, Alright. So, I'll just name my favorite anime. Alrighty. I have a few um, saved. So, like, I'll just name them, I guess. Cowboy Bebop, Mob Psycho 100 Season 2. Princess Mononoke, The Promised Neverland, Made in Abyss, Tengatapa Gurren Lagann, uh, Steins Gate. Steins um, Gate's classic, yep. Yep, and I guess Full Metal Alchemist is a bit of a cheater because it's like <laughs> such a famous one. Yep. Um, recently, I really liked Finland Saga. Okay. So there's that. Um, and video games. Um, hmm... I'm like Reddit the video game when it comes to taste. Um, so Witcher this three. is 
going to be very predictable. Yes, I like The Witcher Free. Yep. I liked Breath of the Wild. I've um, been playing that so much recently, honestly. It's uh, I completed it after it came out, so I'm really looking forward to the sequel. Oh, me too, um, yeah. I liked uh, A Hat in Time. Okay, A yeah. Hat in Time was pretty yep. good. Um, I actually recently did a tweet about this. I'm going to go look <laughs> for it, just so I don't, like, name something else now. <laughs> that would be stupid. Uh, yeah, A Hollow Knight is phenomenal. Yeah, I want to play that. Um, it looks um, amazing. And I also like Toby Fox's work. Yep. So there's that. And the yep. the soundtrack and fucking Toby yeah, Fox's. Yeah. I mean Absolutely. even when he's not in the game, like um like Pokemon, the new Pokemon, his uh Battle yeah. Tower theme, you you hear it and you're like, Oh, that's Toby Fox right there. Yeah. You, it's like instant. Um yeah. No. I'm I'm the same to be honest. Uh righty. Let's see. Um from Ari, uh, what's your favorite song that you've released? Um, definitely my remix for Ioban. Oh yeah, that one was huge. Yep. Um, so Coco for Nilu, me, I is it, hmm? is it Coco Nilu the remix? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I always wanted to like do, um, more aggressive stuff. Yeah. Um, and I I have a lot of like aggressive whips that I didn't release. Um, but that one, it, it it was just like the culmination to everything I was working up to style-wise. Style uh -huh. um, uh, my, my most recent release, Counting, was actually made half a year before that came out. Um, so, um, yeah, at the time I was like, alright, so I'm really going to kill it now. I'm gonna make like a fast, like, Japanese high-tech rounder. <laughs> um, and it's just going to be amazing. And I, I worked on it together with AV. And yep. it just turned out really great. Um, I'm gonna, I'm definitely going to be doing more where that came from because I just that that's that's what I want to do. It's just cool and fun. Nice, yeah. cool. Um, and are you planning to work anymore with uh, AV? It seems like there's um, it almost seems like uh, when I when I see when I look on Twitter or like on YouTube, there seems to be like the trio of it's you, AV, and Dylan Tallchief. Uh, <laughs> oh really yeah i don't know why but it always seems like you three are working together um um yeah i suppose that's true um uh av uh is currently doing other stuff yep that i cannot talk about but um we still talk a lot and same goes for dylan fair enough um so i suppose that makes sense um i don't think we'll be making another song because um, we've tried doing a collaboration many times in the past, and it just never worked out. Uh -huh. um, the reason Ioban worked out is because I had a really clear direction. Like I, I was like, "All right, we're gonna make a song that does this, basically," and then um, that made it work out. But it was still really like a hassle because our workflows yeah. flow are quite different. Fair. So. Well, they follow me on Twitter, so <laughs> AV. Um, how did you get involved with the Iobon remix? Um, <laughs> so this is actually pretty funny. Um, okay. AV was actually the only one who was invited for the remix. Oh. Um, but they couldn't figure out like what to do for it. And I was like, well, no, it wasn't a remix competition. It was like a, a request album, I suppose. He was like commissioning people um, or like asking them if they wanted to do a remix. Yep. Um, and Ioban asked AV 
Um, maybe because of like Twitter. I'm not really sure how that happened. <laughs> but they couldn't figure out what to do for the track. And I was like, well, I really like Ioban because at the time I was working on counting and that was partially inspired by Ioban. So I was like, hell yeah, I would like to remix that. Uh, I told them like, hey, well, you know, if you can't figure it out, I'll work on it. And then like one month before the deadline, they were like, all right, well, I can't figure it out. (laughs) 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 And then I was like, oh, all right. So that's how that happened. Um, Fair enough. Cool. And then I was on the remix album. So... So, so it's just kind of was circumstantial almost. Yep. Nice. Okay. Um, here we go. Another one from Foley. Um, do you have another career path in mind if you ever do decide to stop pursuing music? And and what if anything? Uh, and what if anything would cause you to stop pursuing music? Hmm. So I'm not sure if this is just me, but do you know it? Like every once in a while, you might have one of these days where all music just sounds really dead. Like yeah. you're going through SoundCloud and it's like nothing feels alive in a way. Yep. Um, um, so for me, I think if I got in a spot where nothing would inspire me, like if I run out of music that makes music feel alive, then that would cause me to stop pursuing it. If that makes sense. Fair enough. Um, usually it has to do with like being tired or whatever, but um, yeah. The thing with music is like, if you listen to it, it has to be like this explosion of like a new world in a way. Like there has to be, it has to seem bigger than it is. And that makes it interesting. Um, that At least that's how it works for me. Um, and then if the music feels dead, then that's probably why it's not happening. It's kind of like if you have, uh, if you're telling a story to someone like you're writing for a show or like a book then you have to make the world in the book seem bigger than what you're describing like there has to be more to it than what the viewer is seeing on the screen yeah um i think music is kind of the same way um yeah so if that stops appearing in my life then i wouldn't have anywhere to draw inspiration from and then i would probably do something completely different um and what that would be yeah um well yeah, I, well, I'm inclined to say soundtrack music, but even that wouldn't work out then. Yeah. So then I would probably do programming. Um, Fair. I really don't like programming. Well, that's uh, my, even that's my make, degree. <laughs> that's what I'm studying for. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, even 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 though I don't like... I, like, even though I made the live enhancement suite, I don't like programming. Um, like, I can do it. So <laughs> there's that. Um, maybe web design or something regarding visuals. Um, not video though, because yeah. I hate video editing software. Um, but yeah, something <laughs> in that direction. Fair enough. Um, righty. Let's see. So this is from Trio. Uh, how many projects do you start and either don't finish or decide not to release compared to what you actually release? Um, yeah. So usually the answer people expect to this question is like, oh, I have so many whips. Uh-huh. And honestly, for me, I'm completely out of whips. <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> wow. Um, so, like, either what I make turns into, like, a total meme, or I finish it. Um, like, I think I can count the amount of, like, tracks that I had the intention of finishing, but didn't finish in, like, the last year on, like, two hands. Um, so Fair enough. Nice. Yep. Um... 
Okay, this is from Delhi eighteen. Um, what are what are your opinions on the hard style genre? This is fun. <laughs> okay, um, so I actually like detested hard style. I really <laughs> hated it um, until I went to music uni. Uh -huh. um, so one of my classmates is uh, JJD, um, and he also makes hard style nowadays. Okay. Um, he recently uploaded like a, a a remix of the toss according to your Witcher thing, which was hard style. Um, uh, maybe somebody here has seen that, but probably not. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> who's seen that is. Um, but um, he 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 was really into it, and he was showing me all these like hard style bangers, and solely I got into it. Uh -huh. um, like in a way, high tech is like hard style complex throw because of the tempo. Yeah, at least in in my head. Um, <laughs> and I find, you know, I like I like the fastness of it. Um, yep. And it's like big and fat. Um, I I I would listen to it if it's quirky. Like that's generally why I like high tech more. But nowadays, I really understand why people like hard style. Yeah. Um, it's I hope just that fun, makes isn't sense it? for you know? an answer. It's just fun sometimes, just to you know have that Kong, and you're like, oh. Oh, somebody in the chat is mentioning borderline speedcore. Oh yeah. Um, if it's like really fast, like, uh, two hundred BPM, I just think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. Um, uh, gotta right. get with the chameleon, like the Cabario, man. That's where it's at. Yeah. Righty. Um. Okay. <laughs> From illusion, describe the perfect hot pocket. I love this question. <laughs> <laughs> you're asking this question to someone European. I think that's I'm, I'm, I live in the UK. I've lived in the UK for 11 years, so I mean, I couldn't do it either. But <laughs> um, so hot pocket. I have no idea what that's sort like, of like a I filled think pastry that you microwave. It's like a, a microwavable calzone, right? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. So the best hot pocket would be a calzone. <laughs> <laughs> Salt. I would I would definitely rather eat a calzone. So fair enough. Yep. Um, and preferably not uh, microwave. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta put in like it's not a hot pocket if you don't microwave it. You gotta put pizzas in oven, dude. <laughs> Here we go. This is from uh this is from Emma. I take great offense to this question. <laughs> why right. is the uh, why is the Audio Technica M50X headphones uncomfortable, and why does the sound hurt my ears when I listen to it? If it's supposed to be so good. Now, as an owner of an ATH M50X pair of headphones, um, I'll quickly say that the original sound uh, worse than the Bluetooth versions for some reason. So get the Bluetooth versions because those sound good. But have, do you have any experience with uh, the M50X headphones? They're sort of like the generic, like, uh, if you have yeah, a budget, yeah. get these headphones ones. Yeah, Ab absolutely, man. So yeah. the first first few years that I was producing, I had M50X headphones. Um, but you know, they're pretty comfy. Like they sit on your head pretty good. Yeah. Some people have like clamping problems where like the, they have like a big head or something where the clamp of the headphones is like too much. Yep. Um, this seems to go away within two weeks because I get yeah, the same. I have it, clamping it, and it's like, oh, it's it goes gone. away. Okay. So here, here's my, my, my M50X review. Here um, we go. I, I don't think they're particularly amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, because they have like really bad sound stage. Yeah. Like you can't really tell where anything is in the stereo field. It's kind of like using in ears. Yeah. Um, but they're headphones. Um 
and they're they're pretty good. They're they're all right. But uh, to to answer the question, like why does it hurt? Well, with from my experience, closed back headphones cause a lot more ear fatigue than open back headphones. So yeah. if you're going to be producing long sessions with headphones, it's really worth investing into open backs because they have more linear sound, better sound stage, and you don't ear fatigue as easily, which is a huge plus. Um, I remember after producing on M50s, I would have just like this huge blown up feeling in my head. Oh, from, yeah. Like air pressure and also ear fatigue. Yeah. Um, and now I have um, the the headphones that I would recommend anybody to get. It's a Sennheiser HD 600. Nah, They're the like classic. a studio classic. Yep. Um, and I don't get that anymore. So that's huge. Nice. For me. Yep. Have you tried the um have you tried the Bluetooth version of the because that's what I use now, that's what I'm wearing at the moment, the Bluetooth uh M50Xs. Um no, I haven't. I huh. have never seen one in real life. It's weird so. because um you'd think they'd sound the same because they're M50Xs, right? But mm-hmm. you know how everybody complained on the M50X that the high end was way too like um it was there was way too strong. Like it was like kind of tinny and just like too present. They um yeah. The sound of the M50X Bluetooth is actually more balanced, and it took me some while when I got got them. I had to adjust to it because I was so used to like the the um, you know slight tinniness. So I would say as well for people looking to get an M50X, get the Bluetooth version because they sound way more balanced. If you do recording, it's still good to get M50s. Um, first of all, the HD600 is like quite expensive; it's three hundred. Yeah. Um, and also the cable on it is pretty fragile. Um, but it, since it's open back, if somebody's in the room with you, you can hear what they're listening to on the headphones. So yep. if you do recording, then like if I record something, I have to like turn my headphones really low or grab my M50s. Otherwise, I'm going to have bleeding from the <laughs> backing track. So yeah, yeah, I get that. That's why I don't use open back because I use them outside and all that. And it's like, well, I don't want everybody listening to my music. Yep. Um, right, here we go. We got two to three more, depending on how you count the last one. Um, and then we can see where you go from there. So, this is from Lenny. Uh, I guess we sort of touched this. Uh, who are some of your biggest inspirations? I guess we've already touched that uh, with sort um, of what, what genres, but I don't know if you want to go further into like individual people. Yeah, who are my biggest inspirations when it comes to producing? Yeah. Um, I actually thought this different was this question was quite different from music. Like, who's your biggest musical inspiration and who's your yeah. biggest producing okay. inspiration? Like, those are pretty different questions. Yeah, that's um, fair. So for me, those would just be people that I really work together with. Um, so like uh, for a while, Voland and Avi uh-huh. as well. Um, but also Decembra is like a huge production inspiration like i i really love the way he thinks about music um it's really sincere uh-huh um and i suppose mr bill as well yes because of his whole like resampling sound he design workflow thing that i've yeah. adapted um so you could say that that's inspiring to me as well yeah fair enough yeah no mr bill is like what he does with just like normal sounds and he just whacks the shit out of them is like insane. Yeah. The Volant practically taught me mixing. So that's <laughs> why he's here. Damn. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and from Mason, 
Uh, do you, this is a very personal question. Do you focus more on who you are or who you want to be? Um, this is pretty easy. Definitely who I want to be. Um, I'm very goal oriented. Um, so generally speaking, I'm always thinking ahead into the future and how to get there. Um, I even sometimes get that I'm too goal oriented. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so definitely, uh, like I'm looking ahead in, in the future a lot. So yeah, yeah. Where am I right now? Mm, these things are not really to my liking. So how am I going to improve them? And then I do those things to get to where I want to be. Like for example, recently I started doing calisthenics, so uh-huh. I'm working out now. Nice. Um, yep. So that that's things. <laughs> uh, and I approach like I guess musical development that way as well. So yeah. Cool. Um, right. And then I guess the sort of uh last question before we transition into is there any other sort of stuff let me have a look any other questions going on in the chat i'm not seeing any nope um so i'll have to ask storm what's next for the plans because i'm not sure but uh we can wrap up here um at sort of this is kind of from friendly mackerel kind of from um someone else i forget but lenny i believe yep um what you got going on in the future? You got any albums in the works, any EPs or, you know, what, what's, what's coming up? Um, so there's going to be something for, for, uh, a certain collective in the near future, <laughs> which will be fun. Um, it's going to be my return to that place. Oh shit. Um, yes, that, that'll be very good. And then after that, I'm going to go into a bit of a, uh, a content created creation um i'm go- i'm go- gonna go back into cave um i have some some particularly huge plans uh for the future um y- you might have noticed how in this uh like ama i suppose or interview it is now uh i mentioned uh like stories a lot i've been thinking about that um and how to translate that into my music um make it you know seem bigger than just the music uh-huh. Um, and I have some plans on how to do that, but they are still in the very early stages. So there, there will be something, something very cool, hopefully, but it, it'll cool. take a while. Okay. Nice. So, so big things on the way. Yep. Cool. And the return to the certain collective that will not be named. I wonder <laughs> what it could be. <laughs> I, I wonder, wonder which one. Mm. Um, Righty, uh, Storm, I'm going to quickly defer to Storm and ask him if there were any plans beyond um, the screen interview because I'm legitimately not sure. Uh, I know it's, it's midnight where you are. I don't know uh, if there's anything else you want to talk about, anything you want to say, or if you're happy to wrap up here. Um, um, it's up to you. I think that's a wrap, but I can stick around for a bit and cool. you know, talk to the people. In yeah, I mean, I can, uh, I can... I'm somewhat worried to open the floodgates. Oh, Edu has one last question. Uh, oh, here we go. Stroop Waffle or, or Hegel Slag? Is that how it's pronounced? Ooh, Stroop Waffle or Hegel Slag. The most Dutch question. Yes. Oh, that's really difficult. I think um, if it's a good Stroop Waffle, definitely Stroop Waffle. That's the correct answer. Because you don't really have exceptional Hegel Slag. You just have good Stroop Waffle. True. That's that's the correct answer to that question. <laughs> um, 
cool to clarify it's it's about like dutch food yep but you get street waffles sort of you outside do? of yeah i mean yeah you know like starbucks Sick. they sell them are you serious yeah. i've never heard of that before that's really funny <laughs> <laughs> um oh so I can go ahead and wrap up the AMA here and I can open the floodgates to the uh, VC. I'm a little frozen too, but we can give it a shot if you want. Yep. Let's that go. Cool? Let's go. Okay. So everyone, I'm going to end the recording here. Thanks so much for joining me, man. Uh, and us in general. Uh, this Thank was you really, for having me. It's really fun. Um, hopefully we get to do more of these in the future, everyone. Uh, so I got all the timestamps. Uh, if there's a description of however I upload this or edit it, um, that's all going to be there. So, cool. Uh, yeah, thanks again for joining us. Uh, see everyone next time for another AMA. Cool.